What is up, people? This is You're Not Listening, the podcast that teaches you how to actively listen to music one song at a time. I'm Sean O'Loughlin. I'm your host, along with my dad, Jim O'Loughlin. And today we're talking about some absolute jams, as Jack Black would say, monster mamma jams. Although I'm not sure how he would feel about me using his terminology when talking about a Megan Trainor song, but I don't know. I wonder what he'd say. Jack, if you're listening, let us know. Before we get into it, I want to remind you to follow us on all the stuffs on social media and send us your song stories. I'd love to hear how certain songs have impacted your life. So write that story up or pull out your phone and record it into your voice memo app and send it to notlisteningpod at gmail.com. I'd love to hear those stories. Maybe we can share some of them on the show. Okay, let's get right into it. Today, I'm talking about All About That Bass by Megan Trainer, and my dad is talking about What Becomes of the Brokenhearted by Jimmy Ruffin. Oh, such a good song. Seriously, if you don't know that song, or if you think that Megan Trainer is just another bubblegum pop artist, then guys, you're not listening. So clean out your ears and listen up. Let's do this. Get on the floor! So, been tossing around this idea in my head. Uh-oh. For a new, like, side hustle thing. Okay. okay. You ready? Yep. It's going to be huge. It's um, corduroy pillows. It's really going to make headlines. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <sighs> I was going to ask you if you had a joke and stuff, and I was going <laughs> to tell you the one that I sent you today, but that's, yeah, that's bad. That one, you sent, that one you sent was pretty good. Yeah. Well, we want to use that some other time because I can't top that terrible one you just did. <laughs> that's really bad. Like that oh one's really God, bad. That, that, oh, that's so bad. Yeah. Who are you? What, who, whose son are you? I, I stole that one too. That one's bad. Yeah. Well, they're all stolen. I hope you don't make them up. If you are, I'm cutting off right now. Yeah. But, I can't say I've yeah. made up any good ones that I'm particularly proud of. I'm not good at telling jokes. I'm making them up or anything like that, but I'm good at stealing them, you know? So, yeah. so the new booth is coming along. Sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah, it's uh, it's getting there. What are you missing? What do you need so you can kind of complete it? Well, I got I still have plenty of moving blankets, so I'm going to make it a little bit bigger. But okay. I got to do something with the ceiling. I got to put some more panels and stuff up in the ceiling because up above me there's nothing. It's just wood and pink, oh, so pink insulation. If somebody walks by, you hear them. Yeah, I get a stampede of rhinos whenever anyone walks <laughs> through my kitchen right now because that's what's right above me. And I need some lights in here. Because it's yeah. uh, pretty dark. I don't have none of the lights in my ceiling are within the walls of the booth oh, that I okay. made. So. Yeah. Well, it's getting there though. We'll get you closer. Yeah, it's getting there. Order some more yeah. cheapo sound panels off Wish.com. <laughs> yeah. And did you uh, did you like um, that area better that you moved it to? Yeah, this is much in the corner. This is uh, much easier to work in. Okay. For sure. We just do something to adjust the uh, the other area for your workshop stuff. So. Yeah, that's uh, that'll get there down the road. Yeah, for sure. So, okay. what do you think of the last episode? I liked did it. Did you know that song? I did not. Yeah, that's a, that's I, kind of a deep cut. Yeah, I mean, I, I like, obviously, a lot of Gaslight stuff and Brian Fallon stuff, but I didn't know that song. I liked it, though. Yeah, that's a Tom Waits song, and I have a feeling yep. you wouldn't be too much into the Tom Waits version of that song. I, I have Tom Waits, but I, I'm a little more familiar with his, uh, his more kind of standard stuff like uh, Heart of Saturday Night and Jersey Girl and stuff, but uh, I really didn't know that that uh, particular song and and i i can imagine if he played it straight up to sound just like tom waits uh in his voice and stuff which is really hard to do because tom waits has such unique sound i imagine yeah. tom waits version is pretty good too yeah tom waits sounds like a like a mud monster trying to eat something yep yep <laughs> the piano has been drinking yeah. yeah yeah a buddy of mine um huge tom waits fan brian raymond um and he kind of turned me on to him when we were back in high school and early parts of college and stuff. And, and then again, one of my favorite local bands did uh, um, The Heart of Saturday Night. They used to do that on the live show. And it was just like, what is that song? And if right. you don't know that song, that's a really good, like good lyrics, good stuff. Mm. Yeah, so, Tom Waits is cool. He's one of those people that's kind of all over the map. You know? And everyone loves him. Everyone usually has some kind of influence. Or they pretend too. that they know him and that they love him, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, um, artists always say oh, that yeah. they. Uh, yeah, he's they, a big uh, influence for a lot of. I mean, yeah. he's kind of a rock icon or yep. Americana icon. Yeah. So, um, agreed. Yeah, so I, you know, it was short, it was quick. I didn't get too deep into it, but I thought that it was, you know, a fun story to tell and get get to know me and my personal self a Wait. little bit. The, the only danger with that is, does that mean we can't do many more uh, Gaslight Anthem songs? Because I had one all lined up. Oh, no. I got Gaslight Anthem. I got Horrible Crows. I got Brian okay. Fallon. All right. There's plenty. Of, <laughs> we'll right, see. Good. We'll see plenty of uh, of Fallon songs okay. in here for sure. Uh, but we also, you know, have plenty of time to get to all that stuff. So 
Exactly. So why don't you? Why don't we do your song first? Because we did mine first last time. Because you were missing me. Yeah. All right. My heart so, is my heart is broken. Yeah. Right. Uh, you're not a good liar. I never have been. So I um, found uh, a song that I I had always loved, and um, I wanted to make sure that I kind of got reacquainted with it. And the the ironic thing was the the original version, which is uh, "What Becomes of the Brokenhearted," a classic Motown song by uh, Jimmy Ruffin. Um, and that's what the song that whether you know it or not, you know it. It's it, everyone knows the song, and everybody can probably sing along to it, um, no matter what age and genre and everything else. It's just one of those classic songs that will fall off the radio, and everyone seems to always know and like it. I got reintroduced it, reintroduced to it, uh, and fell in love with it all again from watching a um, a documentary. So I'm excited to talk about the uh, the, the the legacy and the song itself uh, by Jimmy Ruffin, but also. Um, the backing vocals, the background music, and uh, another version of it as well. So it's kind of a twofer for me. Right. Um, I'm almost as excited to talk about this as I was flying to Family Stone, if you can believe that. Awesome. I love this song. So let's go yeah. listen to it. And then, okay. so uh, if you are listening to this episode, go to the playlist on Spotify or click the link to watch the YouTube video. It's pro- I think we'll probably just play one with just static picture so you can just listen to the song. Uh, but go listen to it and come back. We'll talk about it. So, what do you think? I know you've always loved that yeah, song anyway, but I love this song. So, when I was at working at my last job in Boston? Yeah, I, you know, I had a lot of time to listen to a lot of music because I was alone in a basement fish lab for 8 hours a day. Cave. Yeah, cave. So I would pop the he- I would pop the headphones in and just 8 hours straight of either podcast or music. So, I rediscovered this song during that time, and I reached out to my buddy Ozzy, who um, will will be on this show at some point. We I've already talked to him about coming on the oh, show. Nice. Um, his shout out to Chris. Yeah, his name is Chris Ferrara. He's a he's a um, singer in Nashville. He, Tremendous talent. Check him out, everybody. Yeah, he was the singer in our band um, when we had a band about ten years ago. You believe that was over ten years ago, by the way? Yeah. And uh, so he was our singer. So I reached out to him and I said, hey, man, listen, this song is awesome. I don't know what you're doing right now, but you should find a way to perform this song because I think it would really match up really well with your voice. Was that after your band and when he was starting out on his own do other things? Yeah, or? yeah. He wasn't in Nashville okay. yet. He was still uh, in Boston, but he was touring with a cover band, like a party band yeah. and stuff. I think it yeah it fits his his style and everything else right away. He's got the range for this. Yeah, yeah he's you know he's got kind of uh, he's got kind of this like country boy good guy kind of thing going on, but he's also got some city boy swagger to him. So soul. He's yeah, got he's soul. got he's, the man's got soul. He's pretty versatile. I don't think I've ever given him this many compliments at once. Yeah. Don't <laughs> don't get used to it, Oz. Uh, but I know he listens to the show. So what's up, brother? Miss you. Hope everything's going well. Um, I'm excited for your wedding coming up. I wish I was DJing you. <laughs> yeah, that'd be fun. But I do remember I reaching out to him, and it was funny because I had just gotten dumped not too long before I said this to him, and it was completely unrelated. And I think he thought that I was just being like emo. <laughs> but um, I, le- I legitimately, I was like, I love the song, and I think that he- I thought his voice would be really good. So I'm, I still, he's, if he's still up for that challenge, I would love to hear him sing this song at some point because I yes. think the melody and the the feel, the whole feel of this whole song matches up really well with his style. So yeah. Um, and it's not an easy song. I mean, it's not one that I think everybody could cover. It's one of those. It's a very specialized kind of uh, delivery that you'd have to. Yeah, have to you use. know why that is. I think I think that's because this song requires you or requires the singer to hold back. There's not okay. big moments in this right, song. Right, um, it's very balanced. This song craves a key change. Right, like this song feels in a way. It, it, if you're a performer, I feel like it feels desperate for one of those big key changes where you go up. And you just in every Broadway and, show in the third stanza kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, a lot. Well, a lot of songs from this time, yes, uh, yeah, and this genre did that. Yeah, and I, I, it feels like it craves that, but the entire thing is is subdued and a little bit laid back, and it's just it's very soulful. Well, but it, I think because of the subject, it's probably done on purpose that way. Um, it's such a heart wrenching uh, lyric that I mean, it's an upbeat song. Everybody's like, oh, this is great, and everybody wants to sing the chorus. But if you listen to like word by word, this is a terrible song. Well, no, you I mean know, it's, it's it's not terrible. It's relatable. But this is a, right, it, it, yeah, right. Especially if you just got dumped. But it's one of those that um, I think uh, I remember reading about it that uh, 
they were originally going to do it. Uh, it was originally intended to be done by the spinners. It was written for them. And uh, mm. Jimmy Ruffin, who was the older brother of David Ruffin, who was the lead singer of the, of the Temptations, right. said, "Let me give it a let me give it a shot." And I think it it was because he was kind of living in the moment and enough for something that he was heartbroken about something at all. But it was so believable the way he delivered it that um, it was a it was a given that he was going to be the one to perform it. You know, yeah, and the, the 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 lyrics suggest, you know, what do you do when you're this downhearted, and and uh, it's just, but but you don't. Anybody who knows it, and who, um, again, same reference, you know, you're singing it in, in your car, having it cranked while you're driving around. Um, when you're singing the chorus, you're singing it almost in a happy way, and it's like, hey, it's, it's kind of fun because it's got a really nice kind of soulful, but you know, pretty upbeat uh, melody and and uh, I think and it rhythm. sounds pretty. Heart but it's, it's it's sad. I think it it's sounds that sad. way. I yeah. don't think it. Yeah. I don't think yeah. of it as kind of a upbeat, happy Motowny song. I mean, I think this song, there's a lot well, of emotion. Dance in it. to it, um, you know. And I, you know, the words are just. It, I mean, I don't know who wrote the song. Anguished. This was written by a, a poet. I mean, the first line: "As I walk this land of broken dreams, I have visions of yeah. many things." That's the setup yeah. for the song, and it's like, yes. whoa, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, which again, um, if you think about some of the stuff that's early Motown, um, it was there wasn't a lot of deep lyrics like that. A lot of it was pretty surfacey and, and dancing and all that stuff. But this is deep, deep stuff right out of the gate, right from the beginning. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, and it's not just the lyrics. That, and I think one of the things I'm drawn to is the um, the actual music and how it all builds. I mean, when you hear those first couple notes, first off, when you first hit it, if you know you're looking forward to listening to it uh, for for this purpose. It sounds very familiar talking about some of the Motown stuff. It sounds very familiar to another song where it begins with a deep bass. Right. And again, same bass play, James Jameson. I'm sure I probably, probably played on this, but um, and then it just it's it's such a deep melodic, like it's substantial right from the beginning. Horns kick in. Um, you don't have to wait for the second or third chorus for the backup singers. They're right there. You know, um, I guess there was supposed to be like a, you know, a heartfelt, really anguished kind of um, uh, statement or some some verbal stuff that he was going to be saying saying before. And Lou Rawls used to always do that in the 60s and 70s. They were going to do something like that, but they cut it out, uh, which is why I suppose it's a little longer intro than a lot of the Motown stuff usually is. Yeah. Stuff. But, but you just, just want to sing that in that deep. Yeah, and it's and it's big. Yeah, and it's big uh. right from the beginning, you know. And in there's not as many songs that um kind of give me a, a like a little bit of a chill and goosebumps thinking about that and just what you just did, like the, you know, the, in the beginnings of the song, like that's when it kind of gets under my right. skin. Right, really and and feel good. the way that he delivers that very first line is. It's perfect. Yes. You know, yeah. as I walk this land of broken dreams, it's just yeah. a nearly, it's, it's, it's a, it's the perfect vibe. The perfect way that he sings it is like, it's really hard to describe. It's just very, very pleasant, but you, you feel the emotion in it right and, from the get go. And I understand what you say about that. It, it just craves like you know, to, to grow and grow, but it's not, it just kind of stays balanced and all. And again, they probably saw that, that he was the best one to deliver this because of the way he delivered this song. Well, at the end of right the chorus, the you know, it feels like at the end of each chorus, actually, it sounds like it could just kick in to that key and to go up level. a notch. And yeah. then, but he draws it back and he yeah. goes right back into the verse, which is and, kind of the same level as that first and, verse. And yet right near the end, right about two minutes and 40 seconds or so, it kind of goes into that um, where it doesn't have that that ending to the chorus. It's just, you know, I'll be searching. Every, he just kind of continues. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, here it is. It's kicking up and everything else. But then it just fades out. Well, it goes back into the later. chorus. Right. It goes right. back into the so normal it's, it's chorus. Kind of an interesting, it's kind of an interesting thing. And, um, you know, from our point of view, you're welcome. It's not a five or six minute song. It's a three minute yeah, song. Yeah, I know. So I, We've been I picking some, for... some long songs lately. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mine it's is short tonight, I'm, too, by the way. Just because I'm deep. You know, yeah. so. Well, no, I mean, this song is interesting. It, it, I can see why they fade out. I mean, a lot of Motown songs fade out. There's not a lot of hard, hard finishes in Motown, but um, right. This song has a really fast fade out. Like it does. It sounds yeah. like they probably sang it for another three minutes, but it fades out within four let, let, seconds. You know, it's, four or five. It's seconds approaching three minutes, and that's not going to work with the Motown thing. Let's fade it out. Boom! It ends at yeah. two fifty nine. Yeah. 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 And it's just a, um, and that it, relaxed feel through the whole thing. And so it's one of those songs that I think resonates and keeps coming back. And again, one of the reasons I was reintroduced to it, fell in love with it, and then 
fell in love with it even more by the other singer who I saw do that on the uh, on the video. Mm-hmm. Um, who was it? Wasn't that bro- like Joni Mitchell or uh, Joan Osborne? Joan Osborne. Joan. Oh Joan my Summer. God. I'm gonna talk. I'm gonna talk about that in a second too. But yeah. there was a um, in '91. Paul Young did a cover of it. Now Paul Young at that point had some some pretty big hits and stuff. He was singing from England. In fact, the um, a little bit of trivia is uh, under um, uh, Do They Know It's Christmas? Yep. He's the the first singer that if you don't know him, it's like who is that guy? He's got a beautiful voice. It's Christmas. Yeah, time. you know, I've never known who that is, and you can't yeah. get through an episode without talking about Christmas music, can you? I'm sorry, no, sorry, <laughs> I'm still in the mo. Um, but it's but it's Paul Young, uh, and he had hit with it with uh, from the movie um, Fried Green Tomatoes and stuff. But it was a number one, I think, on the adult contemporary um, here in the United States again, '91, and this came out in '60 what six. So it's it always kind of keeps coming back. 2002, this video that came out, and I happened to see it a couple, three, four years ago when I uh, rediscovered the video. And it's like, here it is again. And that's what kind of reminded me to think about this. So when going through the, the list of songs that I was trying to think of to, for, for this podcast, I was thinking like, oh, I want to do some Motown because I want to talk about the Funk Brothers. Which song? Because literally the Funk Brothers probably are- They're Motown. Really cool. They have recorded. They they have probably recorded um, well over a thousand or eleven hundred songs, and almost all of them hits. But nobody knows them. So I like I want to kind of talk a little bit about that. What so which Motown do you pick? There's so many and there's so many artists and everything else. I said, oh, this is going to be the perfect one. Yeah. So in 2002, they did a um, I think it was two, maybe six, but I think it was 2002. They did a video called "Standing in the Shadows of Motown." Have you seen this? Did I show you this one? Uh, I have not. This? I have not seen all of it, but I definitely need to go back and finish it because okay. i think go i got interrupted when i was watching it and i i missed uh like yeah. the second half of it's, it it's um it's a tribute to uh the funk brothers now the funk brothers for for people who don't know pretty much when you think about any of the motown songs uh you know marvin gay and you know stevie wonder and you know the the temps and you know all that stuff but all of those artists were the ones who were doing the vocals they weren't playing the instruments, you know, the instruments and the, uh, and the vocal stuff was something was started almost, you know, maybe via Beatles, but a few other artists stuff. But with Motown, it was, you have this, this, uh, this killer studio band of incredible musicians in a place they used to call a snake pit. And the reason they used to call it that is because it was the, full um, of snakes. Well, no, it's because of all the wires <laughs> hanging from the ceilings that people would plug in. And they had literally hundreds of musicians that would come in and, and have different kind of, um, combinations and i mean they had a, a really strong uh initial group that is just known for every one of the, the motown songs almost and they would just like kill it with with the music and then so-and-so would come on in and boom record heat wave you know by martha reeves so, yeah and all of a sudden boom we do my girl by the temps and, and boom do marvin gay and boom stevie wonder and the supreme eminent everything but it was always the, the funk brothers in the background so this video uh this documentary that came out uh, was all about them and, and building it. And there was still a couple of members who were alive and they were interviewing them and all. And, you know, the, the, they were they were really talented musicians, but they were just dedicated to their craft and they didn't need the recognition. But, you know, you, you go down the list and you'd be blown away at that song and this song and this song and this song. It goes on and on. Like like I said, I don't think um, anybody really has a, a, a tally of it, but well over 1,000 or 1,100 songs that they all played on and there were there were different groups all around the country i mean this is the style it was the wrecking crew out in, in california that did that all the beach boy stuff and and um, a lot of the hits out there um the muscle show stuff stuff out of the, the center of the country the tower power horns i mean like all of these guys who were just playing guys and girls who were just playing this killer music uh and they were never ever recognized you know for years and years and still to this day so as i'm watching this video uh, at the end of it, they, they do a, a nice compilation of, okay, let's get all these uh, guys who, you know, the, the story's been about. They put them on a stage with a small audience, this little round stage. And they do, you know, like um, Bootsy Collins comes in and does a song. You know, he, he's the, the crazy guy from uh, from Parliament right, and stuff. Right, yep. And uh, some other people. But then Joan Osborne comes in. First, she does Heat Wave, which was a good, which is a really good version. You know, sometimes I stay in space, you know, really good version stuff. Like, well, that's a pretty good voice. And everybody knows Joan Osborne from, um, she's had a couple of hits and stuff of, uh, you know, if you know, you know, if God was one of yeah. us, that's Joan Osborne. And, but then. Which I is a whole other conversation. Been, what if God yes. was one of us? Right, right. That's another podcast. Sitting on, sitting on the bus. Um, <laughs> but at the end, it might have even been the final song of the evening. Uh, and again, it, it's sh- it's showcasing all of the, the plays and stuff. They did this song, and it literally is one of those that if 
when you're watching it, you have to stop everything and just your eyes will be bugging out and your jaw will be dropped of how good she is. And it kicks, talk about kicking into another level and another, you know, to, to bring it up a notch. She does that in hers too. So if there's ever going to be a time we can go back and either listen to it, her version, or if you can put that on there, Joan Osborne playing with the Funk Brothers playing this song will will ex- explode your head. Yeah, I'm going to, I'll uh, link to that video in the show notes. So it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, and she, then I, of course, you know, as you do, you go down a rabbit hole. She's also got this killer song that, um, that I, I, I found, you know, besides her, her hit and her hits and stuff. Um, I, I'm, I challenge you and I want you to go check this out, Sean. Shake Your Hips is the name of the song. It is like down home right at the beginning, like of like John Lee Hooker and Howlin' Wolf, you know, her in a harmonica. And it just, this rocks. Um, if, if there's ever going to be something called a bond burner, it's it. Yeah, That's really. What said in one of the the, the, um, the comments in the in the YouTube video. Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable. It's like that's why she gets the chops from. Because I'm thinking like, why her? With all the singers that are out there, especially you know, so, you know some of the singers that probably had a connection with Motown. Why do they bring back her to do some of these these really iconic songs? Uh, and now you know why. Because some of the some of the other stuff that she's had um, in her repertoire in the past have just been unbelievable. So found. I love this song always, but found it again via Paul Young in 91, via Joan Osborne with the Funk Brothers, who I love, love, love the idea of the Funk Brothers and, you know, all the things they've done and the lack of recognition, I think, is just a shame. And people who know music, know Motown, know about the Funk Brothers, but the other 85 to 90% of the people who know anything about Motown don't even know who they are. Right. Um, great, great, great documentary, um, uh, Standing in the Shadows of Motown. Oh, yeah, Standing in the Shadows of Motown. Go check it out. You will not be disappointed. Good one. So All right. that's that's my favorite one of my favorite Motown songs. Yeah, and ironically, DJing wise, I could never play it because you can't play this. Such There's a, no reason it's to. It's a heartbreaker. Yeah, and it's not one that you can play to get everybody slow dance to because they'd be crying or breaking up at the end. Yeah, of and it. you so can't play it for idea. dinner because someone will pick up on it and be like, "This is probably not a great song to be playing at a wedding." <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. There's some songs you can never play. At but a you wedding. know what? It's, it's a great song to listen to um, when you're just relaxing, driving in the car. Obviously, it's a good song just like all these to put a good pair of headphones on, but it's one of those songs where maybe driving in the car is not the best place to play it because <laughs> it's a, it's, it's one of those songs that is really, you know, what you want to do is you want to close your eyes. Yeah. You want to close your yeah. eyes. You want to make that, that Motown soul face and just bounce and, and jam along <laughs> to it. Nice face. Okay. Um, I know what you're saying. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And it's just, yeah. it, it's and sing the chorus loud. Yeah. It's yeah. just so, it's just a pleasant listen I mean, what is it? What are the the finer details that you love? It's just so soulful. I mean, when when you get a song like three or four notes in that just has that kind of depth and that kind of substance, it's the oh wow, this is going to be good, even before you hear one note. And then right away when you have the background vocals and the horns, it's not like it builds and it's like it hits you right. Out of, but then it doesn't go high and low like you said. It's just it's right there, right in the groove the whole time, right? And it's over. You know what I love? Um, uh, I love, and I love the chorus. I love singing. Well, I was going to say I love the the line that leads up to the chorus. How they always have that those big hits before the chorus. Bomb, 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 bomb. Yeah, yeah. What becomes be like, you know, filled with sadness and confusion. confusion. What becomes? And it's just like those four strong beats they just lead into the chorus really nicely yep. uh it just it's just a really nice blend and they did a, they did a really and, good job with that Absolutely. and again if you don't know it it's like okay this is gonna go and it doesn't it's like okay it's building with those four beats and then of course it's just kind of chill and then it, it goes into the next verse and stuff yeah it's just i think it's just it's just well structured and um i like it right from the beginning just, it doesn't apologize it doesn't kind of wake you up slowly and stuff it's like right there and it's such no. such such substance so, certain songs are made for a reason and the song is made for a reason this song is made out of a lot of emotion and yep. um you know emotion that everyone anguish. has been through yeah and just straight anguish and it is written with a purpose um yep. to just get that out and, and it I think does it's that. probably resonated with with him, so that which is why you didn't he didn't have to make it up. It was yeah, there. and it, you just you feel that, and you know I think anyone who is going through that in the moment, like when if you are going through that right now, I would recommend listening to this song um, because it makes you feel better to know that someone else is is going through that same right. thing. And so it's like right. it's just one of those things that is it's damn near perfect for for what yeah. it's intended. 
and it's just beautiful to listen to and i just love listening to it and it's one of those that if you know if you're someone like me uh uh with, with mom or, or anybody in a car you know sometimes I, I get to the point where i get um a little antsy with music and i'm always searching like oh, i don't like the song oh, i don't like the song right but musical add I, I hear that yep yeah, I would never, and I bet most people would would not, when they hear the beginning chords of this, wouldn't ever uh, shy away from this. They, they wouldn't change the channel. Yeah. Because it's like, it's familiar, but it's also so good. And the music is just there, just kind of grabs you right from the start. But then it's over. It's not one that goes on forever and ever and ever. So, awesome. Um, what, do, what do you like about it? Because I know you, this has always been one of your favorites as well. I love the melody in this, uh, the, the melody of the verse. The chorus is... Um, yeah, it's a little flat for me. It's just, just kind of, it, it's nice. But what really shines in this for me is that melody of the verse that, you know, do, 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 do. And it's, you know, it's the same as the chorus, but there's something about the way that he sings that verse is just really, yeah. uh, it, it just gets to me. You know, I just really, really love it. And it's similar to when we listen, you know, when we listen to the Tom Petty song and, you know, it's that melody that I just love because yep. of the structure and just the way that they put the notes together. Um, and then, um, you know, the, the dynamics of it are just so spot on that I just really, yep. I just think it's just really super pleasant, but it has a bounce to it that kind of makes you want to bob your head. Um, yep. So it's not, it's Even not it's just pretty for the sake of being pretty, you know, it's not boring either. And, and I think it, it's a perfect showcase of what Motown was. Motown wasn't just dance music for guys, um, doing the same moves and all that stuff. It The music really had some substance. Right, there's more than and the it, temptations. It, yeah, and, and it, helped, it has some soul. And it, it's something that, that really hits deep with a lot of people. And, and if you look at the, at the lyrics for a lot of different artists, um, you know, it's not just fun, let's go and, and dance to it at, at the clubs. It really has some some depth to it. And this uh, song and has... showcases this. This song does have some redemption at the end. You know, yep. when he's fading out, you know, I'll be searching everywhere. I know everywhere. I'm going to find it. Like, it's mm-hmm. it's, it's a little bit of like, all right, like, this, give this me, sucks. Like, give, me another, give me another chorus. Right, right. <laughs> give me another chorus. But it's one of those things where it's like, you know, by the end, he's saying like, you know, someone's out there. I'm going to find it. And I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be yeah. all right. Yeah. I just need, yeah. I just, I'm down in the pits right now. I'm yeah. going to be better, but, you know, I need to work through it. And that that's kind of the message that it sends. And it's it's a sad song with a positive feel and a positive message it's cool and and think about the image of it where uh, again these guys the funk brothers uh playing in this basement um i think it was a converted garage studio four or five steps down you walk down into it there's a mic for the vocal stuff they're all around with chords everywhere just feel and, and i'm guessing you know guessing back in the 60s cigarette smoke everywhere it's just this whole image and all of a sudden like boom and probably laid down the first 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 time okay we got it next song Bring Stevie Wonder right, in. Okay, yeah. sure. Yeah, uh, yeah, sure. Bring bring uh, Martha Reeves in. Okay, yeah. Let's do so and so next. Like that's what it was all about. Before this um, next song, maybe I'll you know pay tribute to our Lord and Savior Carol King. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, who just had unbelievable amount of the uh, the hits. Yeah, too. that's a different Again, podcast. Yeah. The song, the songwriters that would just hand off these tremendous songs to other artists and just say, okay, that's fine. I'll just play background vocals and I'll go there. Yep. And then um, what are you known for? Well, I'm known for the bass line in, in uh, My Girl. Who doesn't know that? Like, okay, everyone knows that. Who's it by? No one knows. Yeah. Well, I know, but, you know, right. other people. So. It's, so it's cool. That That's one of the things. So I wanted to bring it together with the song itself, with uh, with Jimmy Ruffin and with the Funk Brothers. And then most of all, talk about, like, just bring it to another level and loving, loving, loving the, the version. Go listen to Joan Osborne. Yeah. Pa- the Paul Young is pretty straight up. That's not going to be any different. But the, the Joan Osborne version is un. Yeah, it really is. I, I agree with yeah. you there. It really is. And it's live. So it, it's, it captures that as yeah. well. So I was happy to find it again via that way. And that's what I wanted to have yeah. a conversation about tonight. Awesome. Cool. Well done. I love it. Thank you. I was excited about that one. Hey, this is Kenny with Earfloss, a music history podcast. Earfloss is a bi-weekly music history podcast where each episode, me and a co-host, usually Natalia, take an in-depth look at a different band or musician from all genres and all times. We go into their life, their career, their history, and we talk about their music. You can find Earfloss on CastBox at castbox.fm or wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Can't wait for you guys to hear it. Check it out. Earfloss, a music history podcast. So, my song is we're not going to talk about my song nearly as long as we talked about yours. Um, okay, I'm sorry. My song is it, Well, I, I was making up for that last week, that's why. So. I mean, my song is a bubblegum pop song that's mm-hmm. all about positive body image and the booty. The, and the bass. It's all about the booty. It's all about <laughs> that bass. Um that's literally yeah. the song that I'm talking about. All the all about that bass nice. by Megan Trainer. Um yeah. so I, this song came out in 2014 and to me I, it was another bubblegum pop song that i didn't really care yep. for and only heard maybe yep. twice and then didn't bother listening whenever it came on the radio middle school and elementary school dances yeah me. so yep. a week or so ago came across this video this kind of clickbaity link that was going around facebook and i clicked on it and it was a video of megan train i shared it on the you're not listening facebook page and, and jimmy it, fallon uh no it was it was megan trainer at a um at a radio station and, oh okay. okay and they wanted to see if she could sing this song over a, a uh billy eilish song Oh, Billy Eilish. And so, so they talented. played I think I think it was um Bad Guy by Billy Eilish, okay. which is actually on my list to talk about on this show. And she just started performing just sitting sitting on the broadcast no mic. And yeah, she just kinda like listened to the beat for a few minutes and then she just spit it. And you know the movie Dodgeball? Yes. When the team comes out and they're in the um like all of the bondage outfits. <laughs> Not tonight, and everyone, Cotton. <laughs> and everybody goes, everybody goes silent. And yeah, that character, who's that actor? What's I don't know. Name? He's hilarious though. He, everyone's just staring and he just goes, that's rad. <laughs> so I was watching this video of Megan Trainer doing that and I just kind of looked at it and I was like, that's rad. <laughs> that was kind of cool. This girl's well, got ti- something going on. Here's your title for this, uh, for this episode. <laughs> yeah, that's rad. But yeah, she's a true talent. Girls got talent, yeah, uh, yeah. for sure. Uh, and you wouldn't know it if you think of her just kind of as a a, a studio produced pop star. But yeah. the girls, she's young and she's got a lot of talent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I went back and I listened to this song. I sat down in my car and I played it and I went, "That's rad." Yeah. <laughs> this uh, this yeah. this is a it this is a cool one, song. I have to say it's one that I I liked. And you know, she had another couple of his stuff. Uh, if you're talking, you're lying or something like that. Uh, I mean. And a lot of it is about positivity with women and stuff, which I'm huge about. I want to make sure that that's going to be something we get out there. Yep. And I like her too. And, and local girl, Nantucket, you know, she's, she's yep. from the island. And, uh, and, and I saw her with, it wasn't Fallon. It was, um, uh, what's the other guy who does the, uh, Kapu karaoke, um, um, James Corden, James Corden. Uh, yep. they did, he did a thing about, um, when, when not about the resolutions, you know, for new year's Eve resolutions, stuff like this. And it was a spoof, but it was, it was too, you know, all, um, all about the bass kind of stuff. Song, yeah, it's fun. She also, I, 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 uh, I found CMT and MT on MTV, where they take a uh, country music star and a contemporary artist, and they sing each other's songs, and they pick uh, one cover each, and they do it. They do a concert. Oh, cool. And she was on doing that. And again, talent. I can't remember who she was with. She was with a country artist, and I, it's one of those that whoa, this is stuff that's going to be. And I, I've all of a sudden become obsessed with the. Uh, uh, the Crossroads program on uh, CMT because of that, and she was one of the, uh, the 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 weeks that they had a very very talented and just on like you said on the spot can just kick it into another into another gear and pick yeah. up in a very different genre of music. But again, not too different because it's uh, it's all about blending the different um, parts of it. Yeah. She's all right. Well, good. well, before we go too far, let's listen she to was it. Good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We sorry. haven't listened to it yet, oh, so yeah. let's go. I guess we didn't. Yeah. Go to the um, go to the playlist or click the link in the show notes and. Listen to it. We'll come back. We'll talk about it. That was rad. That's rad. <laughs> That's right? rad. Isn't it yes. rad? It is though. Yeah, um, it isn't, and it it's yeah. It, I have to do a disclaimer. It's uh, whenever I played it, I always had a cleaner version of the original and stuff, and it's going to be a little weird having a conversation about this stuff with my son. Why? Well, I don't want to be talking about booties and other things with my with my son. <laughs> it's skinny yeah, bitches. Right. I'm like, um, <laughs> but no, really, really good, really fun, really good yeah. song. And if you watch the video, it's just just such a happy and jubilant feeling around that whole video. There's it's so many colors, and the dancing is phenomenal, especially with that guy. I was gonna say the guy in that video, he steals the show. That yep. guy can move. Yep, and he especially did a split at the guy. end. Oh man! Oh man! Yeah, that guy can move. 
Uh, very cool. It's funny big, because big part of it though is it's a message. So yeah, it's a it's a great message. I think she's gotten a little flack for being a little too body body positive um, when it comes to like, you know, you still got to like take care of yourself and be healthy. But I think that's just people looking for something to complain about, really. Yep. So um, welcome to Twitter. Yeah, exactly. And so so this song is cool because it's not just a pop song. There's like so many different influences in here that are all really subtle. Uh, If you look, I mean, there's her voice sounds like she's like a Caribbean singer sometimes. She's got that kind of Caribbean accent with some of the phrases. Well, I think it's polished up by the studio as well. There's a little bit of that. Yeah. But I think the way she pronounces certain words come out that way, which uh, lends itself to that kind of Caribbean tone, which is interesting. Mm hmm. You hear a lot of that in pop music now. That sound that sound with female pop artists is very common with songs that are out now, particularly with the way that they pronounce the, the long O sound. I don't know if you've noticed that. Give me an example. Um, for, for, for instance, when she says the word booty, mm-hmm. she doesn't say booty. She says boo booty. It's like you got to open up your mouth, boo. <laughs> you oh, know? okay. Um, yeah. The way that they, they use that long O sound is really, it, you hear that in a lot of pop, songs now they're, they're saying the very wide long o sound instead of kind of a, a a more pursed lips it's interesting and that gives you that kind of islandy sound a little bit but i i was looking it up because i'm like there's so many different things in here and wikipedia has a really it's got a whole section about composition and lyrical interpretation for this song okay and i'm just going to kind of run through some of the stuff that it says here because it it's stuff that i was thinking but i was like am i just looking way too far into this or it kind of legitimizes some of the <laughs> thoughts that I had, which makes me feel a little bit better. It says it's categorized as bubblegum, pop, doo-wop, and retro R&B song. The song follows basic chord progression of A, B minor, E, A, invoking a throwback musical style of the 50s and 60s. Yes. Yeah, I uh, feel that. Critics noted influences from a variety of genres, including hip-hop, country, rock and roll. Uh, it also had a earworm hook, early 60s soul pop and groove influences, a scatting tempo, and shimmying melody, <laughs> which that's, I don't know that who wrote simple. this. Right. <laughs> Trainer delivers a hint of Caribbean reggae, which I said, in addition to a variety of background vocal and rapping techniques. Yeah. Wordless vocal ad libs in the songs, outro, blah, blah, blah. I don't need to worry about any of that. Um, vocals in this song have been compared to the harmonies of 1960 girl groups and vintage 50s singers like Betty Everett, Doris Day, uh, and Rosemary Clooney. Nice. And I think you can hear kind of all of those influences in there which is really yes. interesting to me yeah. and then there's and then yeah. and then there's a couple direct references particularly justin timberlake oh, she references okay. thank you yeah if you know the song sexy back when he's like yeah. dirty babe she does that yeah. you know i'm bringing, bringing booty, booty back, back. Yeah, it, it's a it, that is just that. yeah that's yeah. in your face that's a straight up yeah. reference to it and then um one republic you know the song all the right moves by one yes. republic yeah. all the right moves in all the right places yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, we're going down. Um, so that's you know she references one that Republic. too. I love them. Yeah, that's a good one. So just it, it, one of those things where it sounds like such a simple song, but there's a lot more to it, and it's just a it's just a kick ass dance song. And the chorus of you know, well my mama pop, you know it was it's so different mm-hmm. from the beginning because you figure okay it's going to be a dance song, it's going to be something that's going to kind of continue with the bass kind of thing, but then all of a sudden she she brings it into a very different genre. It's like wow, that's nice, and then right back into the. And uh, it's all about the bass. But, you know, so back into the kind of dance beat kind of thing. Yeah, and, for sure. Um, cool thing about that chorus, too. So there's this guitar, and you don't really hear it too much until the end. They continue to play the guitar like a, riff. The Spanish influence. It's like, a, I was going to say, what it makes me think of is Los Lonely Boys. Yep. How Far yep. Is Heaven. That, yep. and you combine it with something country like, um, I, it makes me think of It's Five O'Clock Somewhere. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, it sounds like that. That yeah. song as well. It almost uh, feels like background. a Spanish guitar or something that, uh, you know, like a Spanish hollow or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially at the end. It's a lot more prominent. I was going to mention that as well. Yeah. And it's just, it sounds like Los Lonely Boys. And I had to, that's what I was looking up at the end. I had to, you know, look up, what's that song? How far is heaven? Yeah. 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 That's what I hear in that. Um, and not something you would expect to hear in a mainstream pop song in 2014. But, but so. it all blends in so well. When you think about it, so yeah, I mean, there's there's just a lot of dynamics with the really tight. The rap part is super tight, and then the chorus is a lot more loose. And yet, you think a lot of that's kind of been missed uh, by people listening to it because they just kind of throw it out there as a pop song, as something to dance to. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think in, it, I think it had a very in four, 2014. Yeah, but you know what? I mean, I still hear this song every once in a while. I can't think of how many other songs from 2014 I still hear fairly frequently. 
it's got s- some reason it's got some staying power and i think yeah. and i think it's because it is it is interesting and i think it makes people feel good because it's positive body image and all that so one criticism mm-hmm. i think it's probably one chorus too long yeah so, you know it does sound like there needs to be something else in there because the end is is big and where everyone jumps in and all the different genres are all kind of mixed in and it's a real strong beginning but and she's doing the uh the when she's not singing it straight up you know she's kind of embellishing it she's doing when she's doing the embellishments um throughout that whole last acapella anymore just with the bass i mean it's yeah so it's that's strong it's a great way to end it but about three quarters of the way through the song between chorus and regular vocals uh back and forth there's, there's this like one I think it's eight bars of, and of it's all about the bass. Like, okay, not needed. Take that section out and go right into that what finishing directly section, yeah. after it. And I think it's stronger. Who am I to say? I mean, it's a million dollar, multi-million dollar, probably platinum single. And here I am, some guy in New Hampshire saying, oh, I think it has to be produced differently. But it just right. felt like that didn't feel like it fit as well. Well, I think with, with almost every song I listen to that I really like, and you know, I haven't listened to this one as much as a lot of these other songs, but... A lot of songs that I really like, I do that. I'm like, I love the song, but I wish they had done this. Yeah, right. Because right. it would have, I would have enjoyed it more. But it's not my song, so it doesn't mean to me what it does to that person. And so maybe that section is something that she just really felt strongly she needed. You know, who yeah. knows? We don't know. Yeah, yeah or a producer um, put it in there to break it up for for a length or whatever. We don't know, right? Yeah, right. She, they might they might want to break it. And maybe it's because this will play better in a club if we break yeah. it up and bring that back. But the reality is, who the heck are we and why do we have an opinion about it? And we, it's only what we think. We are the host of the You're Not Listening podcast. (laughs) Right, right. We are not Clean out your ears and listen up. We are not Megan Trainor's producers, and she's probably happy about that right now. But it's it's interesting how you can can break this. It's interesting how you can break this song up into certain chunks, like into parts. Like you have the the rap part, you have the all about that bass part, then you have the rap part. Yeah, and then you have that little section. Every inch of you is perfect from the bottom to the, which is that's a great up and down the scale. Like that's yep. just that's you know that's that's good writing there too. Yeah, and then you have the chorus. Yeah, well, my mama she told me. Yep. right. and you know what? Take if those it, chunks, it, rearrange them any way you want. You got the same song. But if it's not done well, it's going to sound like it's chunked out, and it's not sound like it's going to flow together. Well. Right, but that's does, the thing is does. those chunks are all very different, but you put them yeah. together and they fit together so well. And, and um, it's a well crafted, it's a well crafted pop song, which there's a lot of them out there. You'd be surprised. Yeah. And it, it's a great ending too because of the you know they bring it all together, which again I think is a pretty good form. Yeah, I have another pop like bubblegum pop song that I'm going to do, and it's from like early 2000s. It's probably from like 2002 or 99, somewhere back there, where it's similar to this, where like she sings it straight up for like half the song and then because she did that she lays on the embellishments like crazy which normally would be annoying but because she sang it so straight up in the beginning you like that you know you enjoy it so that's another uh, it's going to be another episode but i'm kind of excited to do that song so is this where i bring in another uh, christmas reference and say reminds me a lot of a really good pop uh, version that nsync did of merry christmas that doesn't. This doesn't remind me of that it, at all. Because, no, because it's a, re- <laughs> it's a really good, well-crafted pop song. It does it, it? It's a very different type of song than, than what true. you're talking it about. It is a well-crafted. But talk about like yep. it's it's poppy and it's fun and all that stuff and it works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Again, yeah, just exactly. Like uh, reference as well. So no, good choice. Yeah, good choice. I just you know this song is is rad. It's you know not yeah, too rad. deep. It's pretty shallow. It's pretty on the nose. She she literally lays out everything that she wants to say. Yep. Um, yeah, I don't I like, great message, like, hey, great that message. Photoshop is fake, you know, like she's very blunt. Yep. It's it's not a deep song, but it's a it's a good message. It's really fun. It's a good dance song. And it's just, you know, and, and good, you, good job. You made a good pop song. Do you know the history of it? Do you, did it have the kind of influence that one would hope with a lot of young girls around there just trying to feel better about themselves if they didn't have the same kind of, you know, Bobby body and all that stuff? Uh, um, I don't know. I would hope. I don't you know, know really see critical I don't know the history of it, but yeah, I don't know. I I had I didn't look that into that. Yeah. Um, I yeah, I did I go down a couple rabbit holes of reading some articles about her. Uh, uh, there was a really interesting article that I read by a I don't know if it was Kerrang or one of those online music magazines, and he interviewed her. But the article wasn't interview question answer question answer. It was 
about his interview with her and how she carried herself and kind of how she showed. And she oh. just sounds like one of those people that is so unapologetically herself. Right. You know, like, together, like I guess confident. she like she like tripped over her feet when she was walking up and she's laughing at herself and she's like, you know, you well, know just being a, a real person. She didn't put on any fake persona, yeah. uh, which I love that. I love when you when artists are like that. Ba- back to that reference that I had with the uh, the Crossroads program. That's the image I had of her, too, that she was just herself. Yeah. It's just like, a, like it. Great. It's not normal great. person. Yep. Yeah. Which is great. And, you know, yeah. I think my favorite thing about this song is. When she delivers that line, every interview is perfect from the bottom to the top. I think that's a really cool delivery. It's a cool breakup in the song. Just a short little. It's almost like a little coda. Um, yeah. And it, she and I just I really like the way that she uh, that she does that. And it, like you didn't need that, but throwing it yeah. in makes yeah. the song more interesting. Yeah. So if anybody were to go back and say, I'm going to do some predictions of uh, Sean O'Loughlin's um, podcast lists. I don't think anybody would have either said it was going to have this or maybe achy, breaky hot. Right. But, but these songs kind of, are the perfect examples of why we're doing this podcast, right. because that right. song is going to be overlooked by millions and millions of people. And it was overlooked by me until I stumbled upon something that made me listen to it a little bit differently. It, and then right. I went back and I paid more attention to it. And I was like, this is a great song. I like and no, I enjoy no, it now. And no, now no, no. it wasn't I, a great song. It was. It was red. It was rad. It's a rad right. song. Um, but, you know, now when I go back, if I, if it comes on the radio, like, now I'll listen to it and I'll yeah. enjoy it. Whereas yeah. before, if I heard it on the radio, I would just be like, ah, I don't need to listen to this yeah, pop crap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so that's, you know, that's why we do this show. I, I want, I, I hope that some people know this song and maybe they didn't think that they liked it or they didn't think about it too much. And now that, now that they've heard us talk about it a little, they'll go back and listen to it again and, and enjoy it. And appreciate it in a different way. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Nice. Well done. So that's, I mean, that's what I got. Like I said, we're not, we didn't get too deep with it. There's not a ton to talk about, but I wanted to put it on here because I had that experience of rediscovering it and realizing, oh, this is actually enjoyable to listen to. I now appreciate it more than I used to. And so I think other people can have that same experience. So I wanted to highlight right. it. Right, and it was recent, you know. So it, it, this happened to me like last week. So I, I wanted to, <laughs> I didn't want to and, wait too long. And didn't you have that kind of experience with another song, which is one of the main reasons why you wanted to kind of start this podcast, a Juice Newton song or something? Or? Oh yeah, oh yeah. We'll talk about Juice Newton at some right. point. Right. Yeah, yeah Angel in the Morning is a, a phenomenal song, and people, right. it's it's so wedged in with the cheese that um, it's <laughs> it's just too bad. Thanks for that visual. Yeah wedged in with the cheese yeah. yeah just next time you watch deadpool pay really close attention to the music that's playing in the beginning i mean that's the song that's playing in the beginning oh is it okay and right. it's a really it's phenomenal the intro to that movie is really good and did, you had a difficult time kind of convincing people like no no no, it's such a good song we have to talk about it come on God. is that was that true my my well yeah, i mean that's what i i literally i watched deadpool when it came out and I thought it was really funny in the beginning, the the visuals that they were showing with that yeah. song playing, and obviously thought it was funny. But then about halfway through that intro, I was like, "Yeah, it's kind of a kind of a great song." <laughs> and then again, I went back and listened to it, and it's rad. There's a there's a lot to like about that song. Yeah. Um, and yeah. like I like I've said to other people, there's a reason it's been sampled in like a lot of songs. Yeah. So and it's also a reason why it was so big when it was out too. Yeah. And so we'll t- we'll talk about that for sure. I got I yeah, I need cool. to like really take some time to get, get ready for the juice Newton episode. But that, w- that was kind of the thing that pushed me over the edge to like, yeah, like okay. let's do this podcast because I got to talk to people about this stuff. Right. And otherwise I look like a fool. Especially a song like this one too, that a lot of people would just kind of glance past, but may think about it differently now because of the exactly. conversation. Yeah. Gotcha. Well done. All right. So that's all I got. Make sure you follow us on social Social media. That's right. Social media. The thing that we're all on, that we're all slaves to. <laughs> we're on Facebook. Just search the name of the show. We don't post on there all the time, but we try to share some fun articles and little funny memes and stuff on there. So you might you might enjoy doing it. We'll also let you know when new episodes drop on there too. But we're on Twitter at YNL Podcast. We are on Instagram at YNL Podcast. And uh, you can email us, ynlpodcast at gmail.com. It's all the same everywhere. So it's very simple. So make and, sure that you engage with us. And thank you for the people who have engaged and have been reaching out and saying some nice things and kind of doing uh, doing the, the work that we're trying to get the uh, the message out to, to have people here and stuff. Uh, we ask that to get people to, to respond. So please join that group and, and be part of it and, and kind of and join the community. Yeah. And I said this in the last episode. If you have a song that just like hits you in the feels and 
you need to express to someone why you love it, this is the perfect outlet for that. So like get on your phone, open the voice memo app and record yourself doing it, uh, telling that story and then email it to us. YNLpodcast at gmail.com. Oh no, you know what? It's not YNLpodcast at gmail.com. Whoa. It's not. It's not listening pod at gmail.com. Okay. YNL podcast was not available for that. So Ah, it's not listening pod at gmail.com. Send us your recordings and, um, Maybe we'll play some on the show. Who knows? Yeah. That'd be pretty cool. Well, it's cool that we're also connected with all these other people in the Twitterverse as well. So uh, more and more podcast uh, folks are kind of chiming in, and uh, they have some really good suggestions and, and good input too. So uh, you that's know, right. thanks for the input. And also, you know, shout out to all you guys. Uh, thanks for connecting with us. Yeah. When you hear these uh, bumper reels for other podcasts, other music podcasts, you know, we're not part of Wondery or Podcast One. Like, we're not part of an official podcast um network like we have no obligation to run these ads during our show we do it because these are great people that we talk to on a regular basis i mean we have this massive group chat going that we talk to all day every day and they're just really good shows and we think you'd enjoy them so that's why we share them with you so yep so please check them out subscribe to their shows subscribe to us leave us ratings and reviews and Keep spreading the love. All right. Awesome. So thank you so much and talk to you next time. See you. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.